I appreciate your prayers this morning. I'm absolutely, totally, completely, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally exhausted. I'm running on very little sleep, and uh, but I got a good God. Leviticus chapter number 13, verse number 45. This probably more scripture here in the law devoted to leprosy than almost any other topic in the Word of God. In our society, we know and understand very little about leprosy. But the Scripture has very much to say about the subject. Leprosy is dealt with here in verse number 45. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry, Unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone. Without the camp shall his habitation be. Chapter 14, verse number 1. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. The priest shall go forth out of the camp, and the priest shall look, and behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper, then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean, and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and shall dip them, the living bird, in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. And he that is to be cleansed shall be washed, shall wash his clothes, shave off his hair, wash himself in water, that he may be clean, and after that he shall Come into the camp and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day that he shall shave all his hair off his head and his beard and his eyebrows, even all the hair he shall shave off. He shall wash his clothes, he shall wash his flesh in water, and he shall be clean. This morning... If you know and understand anything about the topic I'm about to get into, there's a great mystery. Because leprosy was a chronic, incurable disease apart from a supernatural intervention. But yet, in light of the hopelessness and the helplessness of a man with leprosy, God gave clear, specific instructions for a ceremonial cleansing of a man who was healed of leprosy. And if God will help me this morning, I'm going to talk to you about the mysterious hope for a leper. But first pray with me. Lord, I love you and I bless your holy name and I thank you, God, for your tenderness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace and your love. And God, for your holy presence, you know how bad we need you, Lord. And I rejoice. God, you didn't come by. 
put away this fool, and Lord, we glorify you. God, we magnify your holy name, God. It's not about me. God, it's not about my message, Lord, but it's about Jesus, Lord. I thank you, God, for your glory. Thank you, Lord. I want to honor you and want to praise you. God, give you all the glory for what you do. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. <laughs> He's good, ain't he? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Boy, he's worthy this morning. He didn't wash and cleanse the old dirty leper. <laughs> Boy, bless his name for what he did for me. Isaiah chapter number 64, verse number 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The Word of God speaks of the righteousness of man as being a filthy rag. I mention this a whole lot of times, but that filthy rag is not just an oily, soaked, dirty rag. That's talking about a rag that bound up the putrefying, pus-filled sores of a leper. And what God literally said here is that all the righteousness, all the goodness you could possibly do, do your good work, say your good things, sing good songs and give you money and do all you can do. But everything you can do in the power of your flesh is like taking a dirty, bloody, pus-filled rag, sticking it up in God's face and saying, ain't I done good? So it don't matter this morning if you're the lowest of the low or the highest of high. If you've never been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you're like a dirty, stinking, pus-filled rag to God. And that puts us all on the same level, man. That puts us all in the same place. I see folks that come all the time that are ashamed to come in church because they feel like they don't have good enough clothes to wear. They feel like the way they've lived and they've, they've messed up their testimony in the community and they've messed up any semblance of any kind of lifestyle that they could have had in morality and they mess everything up and they say preacher I come to the church but I need to straighten up before I come to the church. Hey listen if you could straighten up without God you wouldn't need the church. Leprosy was a repulsive and a repugnant thing and it was called an uncleanness and it's given as a type to show the destructive nature and the consequences of sin. I got to thinking about leprosy this weekend because I got to thinking about some things. I had a precious individual that called me and talked to me in the last few hours. And they talked about a situation that's pretty common in the day that we live in. We talked about someone who had molested a child. And that so repulsed me that for the rest of the day after I had discussed that with this individual, Brother Jesse, it bothered me in my stomach to think about this was so repugnant to me. I mean, this kind of thing. But you know today, all of our sin and everything that is not of faith is just as repulsive to a holy God. Nowhere in Scripture do we read that a man ever died of leprosy. But death was a consequence and an end result that was brought about by the effects of leprosy. Leprosy, with all its putrefying sores and its scab, brings a numbness to a man. 
a numbness to his limbs. And if you had leprosy in your hands and your fingers, they became numb. If you had leprosy in your feet and your legs, they became numb. And what you would do over the course of time that you'd scrape yourself or you'd get a cut or you'd hit yourself and you wouldn't be able to feel it right then and you wouldn't even know that it was hurting the way that it was hurting. But eventually it would begin to set in gangrene and infection and you would die from the blood poisoning of the infection. Is that not just like sin today? When a man's chasing some little old woman around and leaves his wife and children at home, he don't see and feel the destruction. He just wants to satisfy the lust of his flesh when he chases another bottle of beer or another bottle of liquor or some other high on some drugs. And they just chase that good feeling. But they never see the end result of what that's going to bring about in a broken marriage or a broken home or your children left alone crying. That's how leprosy was. It might ought to hurt right then, but the results is going to come back and get you later. You see in Leviticus chapter number 13, verse 45, the leper, whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent, his head bare, and shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry unclean, unclean. And all the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. He shall dwell alone without the camp shall his habitation be. While leprosy in and of itself does not kill, the effects of it in fact did. But the pronouncement of uncleanness upon a leper brought about something a lot more dreaded than death. It was the life of an outcast rejected from society banished from all social contact and fellowship with his family and with his friends, separated from life and love and liberty. Aleppo was forced into a miserable existence as a walking, talking human corpse that could not fellowship with his family. Could I mention to you this morning that if you're dead and trespasses and sins, you're nothing more than a walking, talking corpse separated from the fellowship of God and from the fellowship of God's people. And a leper died a thousand cruel deaths in separation. This morning a sinner dies a thousand cruel deaths. The night I got saved, and I've said this over and over again, I'm going to keep saying it. The night I got saved, I was not the least bit afraid of going to hell. That that didn't bother me. I wasn't scared of dying. I wasn't scared of going to hell. But I was terrified of living one more day in the emptiness and the loneliness that I felt inside of me. I mean, I could put on a good show, and I could smile and act like everything was all right. But on the inside, I was a dead man. Such is the separation between unregenerate man and a three times holy God. God is essentially holy. And God is eternally holy. And because of the holiness of God, God cannot so much as look on your sin. And is disgusted as the bloody putrefying sores and the scabs of a leper would be to mirror you today, so is the flesh of an unregenerate man to a holy God. In that sad, lonely existence, lepers commonly established their own colonies 
They develop their own substructure, their subculture, within the confines of their own twisted world. For their tormented souls, men search for a place to fit in. And they learn how to exist as if they were totally normal. Is that not what sinners do today? They hop around from bar room to bar room. They hop around from one worldly pleasure to another worldly pleasure. In and out of one relationship and in and out of another relationship. Looking for one more thing that will satisfy them. And lost men and women, boys and girls, search the world over. Trying to find a place where they fit in. And they never, never find that real place. There's always an elusive dream that says, hopefully, tomorrow it will be better. Right. I'll find someone one day that will satisfy this yearning inside me. I see fellas spend all the money they got, money they ain't got, buying four-wheelers and deer rifles and the best stands and the best camouflage clothes and waiting on deer season to come and put out tons of corn and go in the woods and after a few days deer season's over. Right. You know what they do? They go looking for something else, planning right. for spring. Right. Trade that four-wheeler on a bass boat. You know what I'm saying, don't you? From one thing to another thing to another thing, men look for something. And they find themselves drinking a few beers. And a few beers won't satisfy and they've got to have some liquor. And after a while, they don't get it. And they meet some old boy who says, here, smoke this. It'll make you feel better. And first thing you know, they're living a degraded life sticking a needle in their veins looking for a high trying to feel better or something and there just ain't nothing there to satisfy and that's the way the subculture of this world is and the subculture of lepers were today we find ourselves today with a subculture of churches so called light they replace light for darkness and darkness for light and call good evil and call evil good. And today we've raised up a generation of religious edifice in this country today that are nothing more than glorified leper colonies. Where lost and regenerate men go to try to fit in and feel better about their sin. Let me, let me just say this this morning. If you're here and you're lost... Let me apologize to you for some of the mess you've seen in so-called Baptist churches. I know I hear this all the time. They say, preacher, there's a bunch of hypocrites down to church. I know they are. You ain't got to look far. You might be set beside one. But I ain't going to hell because of them. There are some people that are real. There are some people that really got some help. And God changed their life. And if you'd be honest, God has put somebody in your life that you know deep down in your heart. They're real. I mean, there may be a whole lot of put on. There may be a lot of lost preachers looking for your pocketbook and to run off with your wife. I know that. But there's still some folks that are real that love God. Leprosy was not treated as a disease. Leprosy was treated as an uncleanness. Leprosy wasn't the business of a doctor. Leprosy was the business of a priest. You see what this Dr. Doolittles are trying to do in church today is give you some kind of pill and some kind of formula to make leprosy go away. That ain't what you need. You need preaching of the Word of God. The cleansing power of the Word of the book of God is what it takes to cleanse leprosy. The chronic nature of leprosy afforded no treatment, no cure. 
And apart from the intervention of a three times holy God, there wasn't no hope. Man could ignore it and hope it goes away. Man could deny the problem and call it something else. Man could say, no, I just fell down and got a little scab there. No, it's leprosy. Man could cover it up and hide it for a little while. But the chronic nature of leprosy meant two things. Number one, it would not just go away. And number two, it would get worse. This morning, if you have sin in your life, it is not going to just go away. It is going to get worse. It's going to get worse. And it may not show on the outside. You may, you may cover up from head to toe and hide it from everybody around you. One day it will kill you and damn you in hell. Leprosy. It was not a matter of man's opinion. But in the pages of God's Word, God gave clear, concise directions for how to recognize it and what to do about it. Man don't like that today, Brother Jesse. Man don't like the fact that God's got a prescription for leprosy. That will take the doctor's orders. God's got His clear plan drawn out right here. And the plan was that when a man had leprosy, he was banished. He was separated and set apart. There's several reasons for that. One of those reasons was so it would not spread. You let sin go unchecked in the church and you watch it, buddy, she'll spread like wildfire. Folks will say, well, it's all right for them to do it. It must be all right for me to do it. Besides, what I'm doing ain't near as bad as what they're doing. And you leave it alone and it'll grow. And this book of God says that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. There's a mystery in Scripture. The Old Testament contains the New Testament. It's just concealed. The New Testament contains the Old Testament. But it's revealed. But it's just one book. But there's a mystery concealed in this. In chapter 14, verse number 1, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Leviticus 14, 1 and 2, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest, and the priest shall go forth out of the camp. God gave clear instructions for the ceremonial purification of a man after he was cured of leprosy. But leprosy was an incurable disease. And until Luke chapter number 15, it had been almost a thousand years since the Syrian captain Naaman was told by the man of God to go to Jordan and dip seven times. And there was a space of nearly a thousand years, 900 and some odd years, that Israel never saw a leper cleansed. But Jesus knew there was going to come a day. And he gave them clear, concise instructions what's going to happen next. And there was a great mystery to this. And it was such a mystery, you won't find this in Scripture. But Jewish history tells us because the scripture tells us that a priest who had an infirmity in his physical body was not fit to go into the temple or into the tabernacle. But they let the priest who was defiled in some way feel like they were apart. And therefore they let them be the ones that could go out of the camp and look for lepers that were cleansed. They didn't find none. 
They didn't understand what they was doing. And the word of God said that the priest would go outside the camp to where the leper was. That tells me that when I was lost and unregenerate without God, I couldn't get to God. He had to come to me. You say, preacher, you keep saying that. It's all in this book. You can't get to him. He's got to come to you. How'd he do that? The Word of God said he had to go outside the camp. 2,000 years ago, some of you get bored with this story. I ain't the least bit bored with it. 2,000 years ago, the high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, spent the night in Pilate's cold judgment hall, went from Pilate to Herod, was beaten, scourged, and mocked, and made fun of, went back to Pilate again, had judgment pronounced, Barabbas was released. And they took him from Pilate's cold judgment hall a mile trip down the Via Della Rosa to the northwest corner of the city, carrying an old rugged cross, the high priest, the sinless high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, went outside the walls, outside the city, outside the camp to a hill called Golgotha. And that's where the high priest went out to look for sinners like me. And if you ever meet the high priest and get cleansed of your leprosy, you got to get to the foot of the cross. Ain't never been one too dirty. They ain't never been one too defiled. There's a mystery about this thing, buddy. I we sung that song about God saves old sinners, brother. Could you stand up today and testify of the mystery of God taking a dope head, a little old boy that should have died, messed up old dope, and saved him and changed him and called him to preach? Could you stand up and testify the mystery of God taking a drug dealer, getting him out of the mess he is in, and stand? him up and filling him with the Holy Ghost and giving him a testimony. I could testify this morning where God brought me from in my leprosy. Mean as the devil. So full of pride I could strut sitting down. I thought I was 10 feet tall and bulletproof, Miss Donna. I remember one of the last time with the last time I ever went to jail. Coming out of the courtroom, that deputy put me in the back of the car and there's some old boys in there. I don't know what they're in there for, Brother Wesley. Probably non-support and all that kind of foolishness. Stealing oatmeal cookies or something other. And that deputy looked at them boys and said, I tell you what, you better leave this alone. He's violent. Miss Brenda, I was weak and I didn't care for nobody or nothing. There came a day outside the camp. I got introduced to the priest. He had the cure for the leprosy. Let me tell you about Luke chapter number 15. Number 5 rather, verse number 12. It came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold a man full of leprosy. Who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. God got me to a place and brought me to a place one night, three o'clock in the morning, sitting on a raggedy couch. I got broke down, Brother Jason. And I said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And the word of God said, and he, Jesus, and he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. 
be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. A man with leprosy was to stand and cover his upper lip and everywhere he went outside the camp cry, unclean, unclean, unclean. And people would run because there was a plague. Brother Wesley, it didn't bother Jesus one bit. He didn't run from him. Jesus didn't come to run from sinners. He came to save sinners. And he embraces sinners and puts his arms around them and loves them and tells them he'll forgive them. It'll be all right. You know why a lot of folks don't get saved? They don't never see themselves a sinner. Jesus comes to save sinners. If you're too good to get saved, you're too good to be a, a leper, you're too good to get clean. But if you're here this morning and you're dirty, you know deep down inside you've got wounds and bruises and putrefying sores and you've done everything you can to bind them up, mollify them with ointment, put every kind of salve you can think of on your soul and you don't feel no better. Let me tell you, this morning there is a high priest. He loves you. He cares about you. And he wants to fix you. Why in the name of heaven would men in their leprosy I understand it's embarrassing. I understand it hurts your feelings to have to step out of the dark and let people see you and see who and what you are. A leper, a leper was a horrifying sight in biblical days. A horrifying sight. And I understand this morning, it's a whole lot easier to hide in the dark and say, I'll deal with it myself. You'll go to hell. You'll go to hell hiding in the dark, trying to deal with it yourself. I see folks sit around this morning. You'd give anything in this world if you could rejoice, like Brother Jason, Brother Jody, Brother Wesley. If you could rejoice, like Brother Jesse, this morning and weep tears, like Sister Lloyd's wept this morning. You'd give anything in this world if you could know that joy and know that peace. And the only thing you've got to do is fall down at the feet of the Son of God and say, Okay, Lord, I'm the leper. If thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. But as long as you hide in the dark in the recesses of your soul, hide from the problem and say, I ain't got a problem, you're going to die and go to hell. But if you ever get cleansed, if you ever get clean, brother, there's something about this that you saw one of those biblical lepers, the Lord Jesus Christ told that leper in Luke chapter 5, go to the temple for your cleansing and don't tell anybody. He left Jesus and told everybody he come to. If you got a story to tell, it'll get out on you once in a while. You can tell people what happened and how it come about. Boy, I love him this morning. He saved me. He changed me. If you're lost this morning, you're a leper. And I love you, and I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of your disease. I'm immune to it. I'll come to you, and I'll love you. I'll put my arms around you, and I'll try to take you in best I know how. But there ain't but one this morning can take your disease away. His name's Jesus. You say, preacher, it hurts so bad I don't want to do. It ain't about what you do. It's about what he does. It's about what he did. And God's got this special thing. It's a mystery. 
Brother Jesse, God has been revealing the mystery to me for a while, and I, it's begun to open up in front of my eyes in the last few weeks like it never has. Brother Wesley, the mystery of the preaching of the Word of God. Son, God did not leave the results up to you. It ain't your job to make people saved or lost. It's your job to carry that Word and let them know what God said. Brother, it ain't my job to make folks get saved. That ain't, I can't do that. But it's my job to tell them what that book says. And I got this thing figured out lately. If I'll tell folks what that book says, if I'll do my best and study and pray and do right, get somewhere, get along with God, if the sweet Holy Ghost of God that's let some of you worship this morning comes by and touches the sinner's heart, they'll get some help. His time, his way. He's the one goes outside the camp. He's the one brings the leper to himself. While we wait just a minute, boy, I love you. Do you remember when Jesus cleansed and took your leprosy away? Give you a whole brand new start, man. It's like a brand new baby. Brand new start. It ain't coming back on. It ain't going to destroy you. You've been set free and liberated from it. Heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking. You could slip your hand up without any reservation and say, Preacher, I know when God changed me. I know.